kids are kids know that they already don't know things they're mm-hmm. kind of aware and they're learning and so they're more open to things and they haven't closed themselves off to um, new ideas Welcome to Find Your Light, the podcast that helps women plus in theater take center stage in lives they love. I am your host, Emily Stamets, and today I'm talking with someone that I'm really excited for you to meet. She is an expert in theater for young audiences, or TYA theater, um, and has a really kind of cool um, journey on the way there, I think especially in light of the current what do you want to call it, kerfuffle, let's say, in the UK, um, where we are once again in the conversation about job shaming artists for having jobs outside of the art that they do. So I actually think that Lynn's professional experience before she became a professional theater worker um, is really, really interesting in light of that. Anyway, so here we go. We are talking to Lynn Streeter Childress. She's a playwright, actor, teaching artist, singer, director, and the founder and artistic director of Building Better People Productions, which is a professional theater company in Annapolis, Maryland. They do shows for young audiences that are based on themes of kindness, respect, and the things that make us all better people. How lovely is that? She has a show, we got it, (laughs) with an exclamation point, um, called It's a Show About Empathy, and it's among several of the Building Better People Productions shows that are currently traveling to schools in Maryland and the surrounding areas. This is her 25th year in professional theater, and much of that experience has been in TYA, or Theater for Young Audiences. She has performed at the Kennedy Center, the Arena Stage, and Adventure Theater, and she's taught for institutions like the Folger Shakespeare Library. She lives in Annapolis, Maryland with her husband and her son, and you're actually going to get to meet her son very briefly because he poked his head in in the middle of our conversation. I was going to edit that out, but you know what? Like real life is real life, and uh, I think that we need to show a little bit more of that. So I left that in because I just think it's pretty adorable. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Without any further ado, here is my conversation with Lynn Childress. Um, all right. So Lynn, how did you get started in theater? Do you remember like the moment that you knew? No, because, and so I hope to, to not to make this as convoluted as it was when I looked through this question at first. It's that, <laughs> um, I, my sort of coming into theater professionally was sort of like roundabout. I'd been performing, you know, like my sister and I used to pretend to be Donnie and Marie Osmond and used to dance on our dresser and get told to get down um, all the time. And so I always had that sort of in me um, and did stuff in, in, in middle school and high school. Um, but I don't think I thought that I could be an actor. Um, I thought that I was going to play the clarinet. Um, I had applied to performing arts high school for clarinet and get in, even though I w- it was so weird. Like I look back at it now and, and think, why didn't I know? But I think I kind of had to go through the different things I went to, to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, performed, you know, all through high school. And then uh, I did one show in uh, college uh, in the student black box. And I was also on the speech team, 
which is why I had monologues ready for when I graduated with a degree in psychology and thought I was going to be a social worker, moved to um, Miami because my parents had moved to Miami and I have a twin sister and she and I were like, well, we have nothing else going on. Let's go to Miami and um, applied for uh, social services jobs, but I'm not, I'm not fluent in Spanish. And so I could not get a social service job in Miami. And so I did a bunch of, I worked at Payless Shoes, Rest of East Payless. I did, um, uh, worked at a horrible customer service job and quit that because I was getting stress headaches and then saw an ad for a theater, a regional theater, the Coconut Grove Playhouse in Miami that was doing, looking for apprentices for their education department uh to do school shows and i thought wow this is outreach which is what i want to do and it's performing which i've always loved to do and i so i went with a song and i had a monologue things that i'd known from um uh speech team days and Mm -hmm. went in and got the job and i didn't have a resume i didn't have a picture um and just sort of went in and did on my own from late mid, which I didn't know was overdone, but it is. Don't do that. But I did that. And, um, it wasn't as overdone. This was like early nineties, but anyway, so I, um, started working there and did a few of their educational shows. And in the meantime, it applied to grad school, um, for social work. And you said, I'm doing, performing and it's outreach and everyone thought that was great. I got into grad school. I deferred for a year because I couldn't afford it. And in that year between 94 and 95, when I was thinking I was working myself up to being able to go to school, I realized I was doing what I loved um, Mm -hmm. and decided I didn't want to be a social worker anymore. And, you know, people were like, what are you talking about? Um, And, you know, hold on. I'm on the phone, buddy. Yeah. Bye. Okay, huh? Okay, ask Daddy. Okay, I can't. I'm on the phone, buddy. Ask him. Love you both. He won't yell at you. I'll tell him. It's all good. Okay, bye, baby. <laughs> That's my seven-year-old, everybody. Yay, seven-year-old. Um, yay, he's home. He's home early today. They got off two hours early today and tomorrow and my husband's car is in the shop so he's home but he's in his office and he's like if I knock on the door he's only he's gonna be mad I'm like nope he, I'm being recorded he can just, um it's all good so uh, it takes a village I'll explain it all. so but but yeah so I decided I was doing what I wanted to do and then you know people didn't understand it and uh I moved back up to this area to Maryland and lived with my grandma who let me pay like nothing at first and like a hundred bucks a month and like 200 bucks a month to stay at her house. And she was very, very, very supportive. And I just kept going. I, um, I just kept going and I did a lot of TYA stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, I was under the impression cause some people did that TYA was something that you do at first. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to the serious thing. Um, and no, <laughs> this is pretty much what I've what I've done for the off and on in some way for the past twenty five years. Um, either as a actor or a performer, like even the I, I'm no longer Equity, but the show that got me 
my equity card was um, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day um, mm-hmm. at the Kennedy Center, and I was in the original cast and did the first tour of that. Um, and oh. uh, yeah, and so I, again, I, I sort of, it's so funny when you look back, it sounds like a country song. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, oh it's a, it is. God Bless the Broken Road, that song, God Bless the Broken Road, to let me straight to you. It's really, you know, you sort of look at the way things happen and you're like, oh, there was a reason it was ordered, even though it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Every single time. Um, so what is it about TIA or TYA? What am I saying? TYA. <laughs> That um that draws you like why why is this your path and not like I don't know Ibsen or Shakespeare or something else. Right, and I've actually done Shakespeare's TYA, so you can do all of it. I actually teach Shakespeare <laughs> to kids. Yay! It's all encompassing. Encompassing. I I love the open ears and eyes and hearts. What I love about kids is that, and it's one of the reasons why. Um, we were talking about Shakespeare that, you know, you teach Shakespeare or I've taught Shakespeare to the Folger Shakespeare library, um, to like starting at third grade is because me like playing with Legos and you're having a conversation he'll go, who said that? Cause he's halfway <laughs> listening to you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that's why I love TLA. I think it's, I think it's marvelous. I think it's marvelous. And it's also, um, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's it. I, I love it. <laughs> and I, like, as an adult, um, I love watching TYA shows because the good ones are just, like, simply entertaining um, because they're written, like, like, super clear. They they know what story they're telling. You're sort of, like, in and out. Um, but they're so lovely for that, right? Like, the best ones aren't, they're not condescending. Uh, it's not, like, it's not, like, Absolutely. simplistic. It's just clear, and I love that. And it's clear, and there's a place for honesty. Um, the best direction that I ever got about performing in TYA was from a director named Nick Olcott, who's amazing, and he basically said, it was, it was for the Alexander Show, and he said, these characters are going through what they're feeling is absolutely honest. They mm-hmm. feel like it's the worst thing or the best thing. And we can't be cheap with, with that. And so, you know, you don't mug, you don't do the, you know, the requisite little kid voice that sometimes people do when you tell them mm-hmm. that they're doing TYA like, bleh, 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 and where it's, where it's, it's not real. And mm-hmm. it's, what's funny is I have a young man who, is teaching for my company now who I taught when he was a teenager who understands who I think at that point was, didn't really understand the, the, the honesty and the legitimacy sometimes of TYA and he gets it now. Yeah. And he admitted that to me. He's like, I get it. Um, oh, that's so great. And he's an amazing, he's just an amazing teacher. Um, it is really, it's, again, it's awesome to sort of see people look back on things. Again, you kind of feel like, you know, there's the real thing and, you know, this is, this is what people do until they make it. And people have these stories. When I started, I was a carrot in a, you know, <laughs> yep. show about healthy eating. And now I'm doing serious things. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But like the carrot is a serious thing that makes it different. Like you're saying we're like indoctrinating the youth. Right. But we're, we're, what we're really saying is like, like you belong to theater too. Like this is yours also. This is what it's like. This is what it feels like to come in and, and experience a different world for a moment. And the carrot is like a super important piece of that. Exactly. Amazing. My show has a giant carrot in it. It's not a human carrot, but it is like a three foot long foam carrot, which is really fun. So (laughs) that's amazing. It's pretty great. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I just love like the props in uh, TYA shows. And I mean, the props in like anything that's fantastical. I love weird props, I think they're super fun. Um, so Lynn, yeah, give us a snapshot of what you're doing now. Like what show are you working on? What's going on in your life right now? I'm working on like three shows um, that I'm in, which is nuts. Um, I am, so what are we doing right now? We are uh, teaching classes uh, right now that will be done in December. Uh, one of those, uh, teach a lot of classes for homeschoolers, and one of those is a homeschool Shakespeare class. We're doing uh, King Lear with three people. Mm-hmm. Um it's going to be, it, it's actually really pretty fantastic, and that's going to be fun. And um, my company is doing, we have two shows that um, run, um, actually several, we have two school shows that run a lot. Uh, one about empathy that I wrote that we're doing a uh, show of in a few weeks. And I'm not usually in it, but I'm in it this time. And then the day before that, we have a fairy tales and fable show that we have giant pumpkins and you're talking about giant vegetables. And they're amazing. And, um, and I, it's a three, three different writers. And I wrote one of them and I'm entering the cast of that. And then we have a, an annual holiday show that I wasn't going to do this year. So it wasn't going to be annual. And then somebody asked me about it. And so we're doing it. Um, and that's called gift of the mad guy. And my sister mm-hmm. wrote it and it's about generosity. So that's what we're doing. The, um, fairy tale show is going to be, um, I think it's like three or four, 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 actually maybe five years a something that we've gotten uh, an opportunity that we've gotten into uh, that I can't announce yet. It's a, it's a festival <gasps> thing. Um, so hooray, hooray. Um, but yeah, so we have a lot and it's, and it's weird. I was like, can I, and I'm, so I'm, you know, relearning and or relearning lines. And I'm like, well, can I do all of that? But I mean, really one of the reasons that I started doing what I'm doing is because I wanted to perform and it's, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'll make it work. Yeah. So your company is called Building Better People Productions. I just want to yes. like shout out, I think it's a fantastic name. And you focus on shows that, um, on themes of kindness, respect, and things that make us better people. I yes. love that. So what are some, um, I know that right now you have your, uh, we got it, your show about empathy. Um, like what are some other examples of things that you've explored around those themes of how to be a better person? So we have a, so we have the empathy show. We have a show about anxiety that, um, that's amazing. That was written by a woman named Jenny Kokai, who's actually a part of that women's plus in theater group mm. on Facebook. And um, she wrote it with her son, who is now probably 12, but uh, he, he uh, lives with anxiety, and they wrote this show together, and it's amazing. And 
So, so empathy, anxiety, um, we've done shows about friendship, about, you know, keeping your imagination, uh, as a child and beyond. We did a show, one person show, um, called Dream House, which is an amazing show, um, by a guy named Jeremy Gable, um, that's about, uh, childhood fear. Mm. And so you say these things about people like, that sounds nuts. Why would I want to go see that? But, um, <laughs> but it's just really good, but just really good, really beautiful, honest stuff yeah. that's about you know, like I, real life. Yeah. Well, what I love is you're saying these things like anxiety and fear, and it's, um, just really good. I think for anyone who works with, uh, the youth, which I say with a capital Y, of course, um, but like, like kids are fully formed emotional beings and they have very complex emotional lives. And I think that it's really easy sometimes to forget that just because they don't know algebra yet, that like also their emotions are much simpler. Um, when it's really not true, like kids have uh, the full spectrum of like emotion and all of these nonsense feelings that we also get as adults. And it's, it can be easy to forget that, I think. And you know, what's so interesting is that, you know, we, we, when we talk about these things sort of in, you know, big bold letters, we think that kids can't handle them, but I had this conversation with somebody. I mean, pretty much every Disney movie has lost in some way, mm-hmm. you know, your mom died, your parent, your parents both died in the shipwreck, you know, mm-hmm. You know, your grandmother died of the game of Moana now. You know, you yeah. as a teenager have to be the one who saves your whole village. What? Um, <laughs> you know, right? I mean, so we there are these things that we um, present to kids all the time, Inside Out, which is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, mm-hmm. with all these emotions. Wreck-It Ralph, you know, it was about alienation and, yeah. and wanting to be something different than people had pegged you as and wanting to get out of this identity that you've been given mm-hmm. and be, and be a hero when no one was going to let you be that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's all like mini sermons, but all that to say is I feel like we, we don't, realize how much we task our children with or give for them under the guise of it being entertainment. And then later we're like, well, how are they going to handle this when they've already been introduced? Yeah, absolutely. Some of these things. And media and art is, uh, is how we are able to have those conversations with them and how we are able to introduce these concepts. Um, and I mean, you know, books too, like, you know, but it's like through the world of creation and creative thinking that we're able to have those emotional conversations and build Absolutely. their emotional intelligence, right? Absolutely. Amazing. Basically what I'm saying is that the work you're doing is super important and changing the world. So thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you. I, we, thank you. We did a show a few weeks ago and one of my uh, students, I teach a little kid class, like four to seven year olds, creative drama. It's hilarious. And, um, one of my students came with her grandfather and, you know, the grandfather was like, Oh, that was amazing. He's as an adult. I felt like I got so much out of it. And then his daughter, who's the little girl's mom, um, the next time I saw her, it was like, my father is still raving about it. And he lives, I think like in Philadelphia or somewhere, he lives hours away, somewhere in Pennsylvania. So hours away. It's like, tell me the next time you're doing something. I want to come. Oh, oh and my so gosh. The fact, 
it's really, it's really, it's so nice to make those connections. And like I said, and see people's eyes go, well, I was going to tell this story. We, the empathy show we did for first graders um, earlier this year. And there's a part in the show that's about, it's three different vignettes. And the last one is about shared loss again, which sounds like a lot for, um, for a little kid. It was actually uh, inspired by um, the deaths of uh, Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice, even though Mm -hmm. I don't, um, it was, it was the idea that, People, actual children were dead and because they didn't look like, sound like, were from the places that people considered to be worthy, mm-hmm. people treated their deaths like it was no big deal when we were talking about the loss of people's children. Yeah. And I um, I was uh, I was pregnant with, with a boy. Uh, when uh, Trayvon Martin was killed. And I remember feeling like I had the weight of, you know, bearing having a black son and and what that was going to be like in the way some people's children are considered to be children and some aren't. And if I'm getting deeper, then, <laughs> then that's okay. Um, but I um, that last piece was sort of inspired by the fact that people don't understand all, all don't value other people's, triumphs and tragedies sometimes when they don't consider them to be like them. And it's a piece about um, a little boy who has a giant stuffed teddy bear and his next door neighbor who has a giant stuffed dog. And he doesn't understand her. They don't play the game. She and the dog don't do the things that he and his bear do. They like different stuff. And when the dog goes missing, he doesn't see that it's a big deal, but then the bear goes missing. And um, it's this, um, thing of, you know, the the next door neighbor is like, I understand what you're going through. And he's like, well, how old do you? And she goes, because, you know, a piece of your heart gone is a piece of your heart gone. You know, missing is missing. Sad is sad. Hurt is hurt. And um, we, they, you know, at some point they're not getting along in the show. And so at the, we did a Q&A at the end for these first graders in the audience. And this little boy raised his hand and said, when they were fighting, it reminded me of my parents, and he burst into tears. Oh, no. I know. And so it was like, and he was sitting next to, like, field trip dad who didn't, you know. Oh, no, field trip for, dad. Was, field trip dad is like, I don't dog. And he's like, okay, kind of like patting a little boy in the back. You know, you're not supposed to have kind of physical contact with children. He's kind of like, oh, I you know, so one of our actors, this is during the Q&A, came out into the audience and said, I understand my parents split up when I was younger, and I understand what you're going through and not getting along. And then eventually, like, somebody, a teacher made their way over and took him out. But, again, we're not trying to make the children cry <laughs> at all. But, but the fact, yay, we made the children cry. But the fact that we connected to something, even to sad things, and the fact again that he didn't have the people around him who he could unpack that with. Yeah, um, and the fact that now, like he's seeing um, that other people also have those experiences. Um, yes, 
Because sometimes like, especially when you're, when your world is very small, when you're younger um, and you're like, oh my gosh, my parents are fighting. And it can feel like you're the only person who's ever experienced two people who are supposed to love each other being in a fight. Um, but yeah. the fact that you're able to like see that and be like, oh, there, like, there are other contexts where people fight with each other, you know, like that is so powerful and so important. Really good. It, it is. And I think it's one of the, the things why it's so good to like speak out about stuff and just say that these things happen. And I love when we do Q and A's and such, you know, uh, we did the anxiety show, uh, uh, tour of a local, uh, library system last year and you know this um parent who came up to me whose kid was maybe like in the sixth grade and was like this is his life <laughs> this mm-hmm. is what kids are dealing with is anxiety mm-hmm. and and these feelings and it's it's good when people can connect to that in some way like we don't come right out and go who here is anxiety because you, you know we just sometimes say does any of this seem familiar is there anything in this that you thought could help you and you're you know mm-hmm in your life. Yeah. And I don't even, so what the question was. So good. But yes, thank you. It's okay. It's fine. We're just talking about like the work. Um, And I want to make sure for anyone who's listening, who who didn't see your headshot um, as part of this podcast, you are a black woman. Um, I am. Black woman with a black husband and um, a hilariously funny little black boy who's a drummer. He plays in a kid rock band at seven. Uh, he, goes, he goes to music school and they have, he takes drum lessons and then they put the kids from their lessons from their, into uh, rock bands. And so he's in a band called That's Not a Proper Breakfast. Shout out. And, um, <laughs> uh, and, and <laughs> they play a bunch of rock covers and that's my husband and I. So people are like, oh, my kids go to sports and we go to the soccer field. Like we go to restaurants and bars and eat fried food <laughs> and, um, and drink and, and watch our child play. <laughs> that, that's like, like parenting dream right there. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. I love It's the best. And when they, when things get canceled, we're like, boo, I have no excuse to eat onion rings now. I know. Uh, like, my mozzarella sticks. Darn it. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> that is so awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, oh my goodness. Where are we? Okay. <laughs> I'm just like enjoying this conversation. Um, oh no, thank you. Me too. I know I have your list up, your list of questions okay. and I'm like, we're jumping around. Yay. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all great. Um, let's move to the next one. Um, tell us a vivid memory that you have of theater. So I was thinking about that. I have so many, but the things that stood uh, in my mind was uh, being an apprentice uh, at the Coconut Grove Playhouse. And I kind of immersed myself in sort of every, I think I've worked in some way for every department there over the time that I was there, you know, doing like little things like, you know, doing filing for the development department or phone calls for this or whatever. And, um, um, I would, I knew the, the guy that was the production stage manager um, and it asked if anybody, actually in a couple of shows, could uh, hold book during uh, tech rehearsals and be there for when people, you know, forgot lines. And I was backstage for a, um, a 
preview for a show called Ladies in Retirement that was directed by Charles Nelson Riley. Do you know Charles Nelson Riley? Um, who was he was a uh, wonderful director, funny actor, and he was a personality. He was on a lot of game shows in the 70s, like the Hollywood Squares and the Match okay. Game. And he was an amazing dude. And so with Julie Harris, who's like a four-time Tony winner, um, the Bella Van Hurst, um, she's also on Not Landing. Anyway, she was in the show and she, with a guy who actually is on Young and the Restless now, and I was standing in the back, and they skipped four lines, four pages of lines. Uh-huh. Um, four pages, two pages, maybe it was just two pages, but I was backstage. I'm like, I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are. But what it reminded me is that, um, stuff happens when you're a professional and it's what you, it's what you project. They never said, Oh no, we forgot our line. They just kept going and Mm -hmm. no one had any idea, but me, because I was on book in the back. Um, and it just, those experiences I I learned I did since I didn't have a theater degree and I went back and got more training but a lot of what I experienced and what I learned was from seeing other people do it Mm -hmm. and those sort of early memories of professional theater literally being backstage or being you know during rehearsals in the front of the house with the script and just being sort of a fly on the wall at, you know, 23 and 24 and just watching other people who had been around for years. Uh, There's a lot of regional theater got a lot of up and comers, but they also got people, a lot of who had been Broadway actors like in the seventies and, you know, sixties and seventies or whatever. And then had done a lot of TV mm-hmm. and then, you know, we're coming back and doing, um, more theater, but just watching, standing and watching pros work and seeing how they did it and how they do it and how they conducted themselves was yeah. just uh, invaluable, like really invaluable to have that opportunity and to be paid for it. Absolutely. To watch other people do stuff is awesome. <laughs> um, is this, so is Coconut Grove, like, is it a really big company? Like, give us a context of it. It's so Coconut Grove Plus, and they're, and they're actually sort of in flux. It's a, how long were they around? It's a, uh, it was a regional theater in Miami, the big, big house. And they're actually, they've been shuttered for a while, and it's been this whole fight actually between um, sort of like, I guess, the historical preservation people down there and, and as to what's going to happen to the building okay. and to if it's going to start again but um it had this wonderful history they they would have like you know world premieres with like you know there was a show that you do you know b arthur the golden girls yes. um um b arthur was in this show so 90s miami was like you know little ladies be authors people and um she was in this show with um Renee Taylor and Joe Bologna, who are actors and playwrights, and Renee Taylor played it. Um, I don't know how old you are, if you remember it. Do you remember the show The Nanny with Fran Drescher? Oh, my gosh, yes. So she <laughs> played The Nanny. She played, it's a great show. She played The Nanny's mom, and she and her husband directed the show, wrote the show. They didn't direct it. They wrote the show, and they were in it. And B. Arthur, it was a three-person show. B. Arthur was in it, and... I was hired to kind of hold book, but also 
because the actor, the playwrights were also in the show and they were making changes as they were doing it. It was the premiere of it. I kind of just like hung out with the nanny's mom and her husband <laughs> and like, you know, rehearsed with them. And, um, I, uh, so I know basically for the whole story to say, they got a lot of big names, uh, Linda Lavin, um, to do, to do things. And mm-hmm. unfortunately they're, I guess that they're currently, I think not doing anything. Oh, that's sad. But, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing old how old, um, theater came by me seats it had um but just I mean it was it was theater yeah uh, exactly I love that just to to be very clear it is theater theater yeah it was a a great place but they like I said they did they did um all kinds of all kinds of uh things like I said they had this outreach program Mm. that I got to be a part of um and you know dressed like a cat in a fur costume in, mm-hmm. you know, September in Miami, which is not oh, fun. And, oh, that's um, great. <laughs> no, <laughs> but again, it, but again, like I said, looking back at my whole life though, is how things, like I said, were kind of like ordered to be mm-hmm. the way yeah. that they are now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what's an important lesson that you've learned in the theater? to be nice to people because it's a small world and you should be nice to people just because you're nice to them. But also if you are a nice person, not a nice person who's just pretending to be a nice person, you should just be nice to people Um, because it's such a, it's, it's just a small world. You're always going to run into somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I really believe you, you get what you give out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just treating treating people the way that you want to be treated and not being a jerk just because you can be one. That's yeah. probably, you know, that's, that's a human like, lesson. Um, building your whole theater company on that idea also. Yes. 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 It's, it's um, I, I truly believe that if we really put ourselves in other people's positions or thought about the ways that we've been in their positions, even if it seems different, even the circumstances might seem different, those feelings are the same, then it will and should affect how we behave and how we treat ourselves too. Um, Cause that's, you know, one of the empathy show is about some of it is about how we treat other people, but it's also about recognizing our own self-worth too. And, um, yes. I love that. Um, what's a challenge that you're facing right now? So the biggest challenge that I'm facing right now is, uh, going back to, uh, my mission statement, you know, you, when you have your own anything, and even when you freelance, it's easy to, um, do lots of good quote, good unquote things that make sense, but sometimes pull you a little away from what you originally set out to do. And so I am, we're, you know, for, for how long? 
like three, four years in and really doing, and I'm actually working with a mentor working on what it is that we're supposed to doing. And if there are things that we're doing that don't quite serve us the way that they should, even if they're completely great things mm-hmm. in and of themselves, do we need to be doing them? And do yeah. we need to be doing other things? And so that's our challenge. <laughs> it's a small challenge figuring out who the heck we are. Um, but yes, yeah, that's the biggest thing now. And also still working. And, you know, I'm not taking a break to do this mm-hmm. work. It's, you know, doing what we're doing and then making changes as I'm making discoveries about stuff as we uh, go along. But, you know, it's, you know, doing doing self-examination of what, are we still doing what we set out to do if we are great? Mm-hmm. And how are the things that we're doing helping that or hurting that? I love that. I mean, it's it's the same thing that we have to do with our shows, right? Where you look at um, what's happening on stage. Is it all still t- telling the same story that we meant to tell when we started this yeah. thing? Yeah. And 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 all of the things that go into that. You were talking about tours. When you have a show, uh, like we got it show. This is our fourth year of touring it. And I mean, in some, you know, some seasons we have more bookings than others, but we have two actors who've been in the show for a while. This is their, their fourth year doing it. And they weren't in the very first cast, but since they've been in it, since we've been touring it to schools. And it's that thing of, this is something I'm doing for a while. Has it become rote? Mm-hmm. And is it still the story that we, want to tell and they do an amazing job you know but there's sometimes when you you know you can feel in the urge of like I'm doing a million other things I can phone this in mm-hmm. but you know all of it all of the things that but they're my actors are amazing but all but all, again all of the things that um that add to the sum total of what it is that you're trying to communicate and like you said, if the things that you're doing, if you're actors, if the energy that you're putting into it, if, you know, I, I believe that all communication starts, you know, from the, when you walk into the school and people are mean or not mean to the custodian, you know, I mean, all of that, every, every bit of it adds up to what it is you're communicating. If you were jerks to the school staff, but then you're doing a show about kindness, mm-hmm. nope, that doesn't hurt. You know, it's like, and then I say that in every interaction, we need to be who it is that we say that we are and not in a, not in a, um, in a, in a, in authentic way. It doesn't mean they were like, yay, woo, you know, we, you know, are handing out balloons and, you know, <laughs> blowing bubbles everywhere we go. But that, again, you, you're just remembering who we are and that we're not jerks because again, that blows our status, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That totally makes sense. That is like, that is such big, important work that, I mean, within organizations, it needs to be done, but also just like within life in general, we need to sort of constantly be on the lookout for that stuff that's out of alignment. Um, oh yeah, it hurts us. It hurts other people. And then it's also just like, you know, if your energy is like spread out into 50 different things, yes. 50 different projects, um, but only three of them are actually like in line with what it is that you're trying to make your life about, then you're just wasting a bunch of energy, even if the other things are good. Uh, 
Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's like we, we were trying to do birthday parties. I think I only did one birthday party. It was like my niece's birthday party, like (laughs) storytelling and my sister-in-law like paid me for it anyway. Um, (laughs) But, and it was great, but I thought, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I posted it on all these moms, Facebook pages. I'm doing this and no one has, done it and to the point that if someone called now I'd have to like scramble because we haven't done it in so long and you know we need to take that off as an offering because mm-hmm. you know it's a great thing but there are a million people who do this already and I don't need to do all of the things because um, I can't do all of the things well right but you can yeah. do the, the couple of things really well and that's what absolutely you Um, Okay. Oh, this is one of my favorite questions. What is something that you do in your theatrical work that if we applied that same strategy to our lives, we would have a better life? To care about what you're doing Hmm. and to, to, to care about what you're doing. And even if you are, and I find this as actors and producers and we have other things going on. Uh, you're, we just talked about that. You're doing several different projects and there's the, the tendency you want to show up and be like, Oh, I'm so tired. I didn't, you know, really read over this lesson plan or I didn't really learn my lines and we're just going to wing it or I didn't do that. But the people who are paying you to do that show or to teach that class or have, you know, gotten up, even if the free show at the library, they've gotten up on a Tuesday night, you know, to come see your show. They don't really care about all the other stuff you did because you didn't have an asterisk on your poster. The <laughs> actors are tired. <laughs> the teacher didn't really prepare. Um, is that you need to pull it out. And you need to care about not just that you're getting a paycheck, even though that helps, but care about what it is that you're offering. And if, you know, and I know I've done, I've done stuff. I look back at my life as a young actor, just as an employee or whatever, where you're kind of like, yeah, I kind of phoned that in, or I didn't really think about at the other person's bottom line because it didn't seem to affect me because I was still getting mine, you know, mm-hmm. and it's truly caring about what it is you're doing mm-hmm. and, and what it is that you've been chosen to, to represent. And I think that, again, if we truly cared about the stuff, I mean, again, we know that we're tired and everything can't be rah-rah and sometimes you're going to go to your kid's soccer game and you're going to be tired, you know, (laughs) exhausted and you can't bring the pom-poms every day. And, and, um, but if there's, there's still a there there that you want to be there and that people realize that you care about what you, is you're doing, it makes everybody else care. Cause if we don't care, then why should anybody else yeah, absolutely. care about, about, about anything about our, about the food that we cook if we're in a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, the presentation that we're making or if, you know, we work at Ann Taylor and we're kind of like, there's some clothes. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? I why should, that. why should they 
care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially since you worked at Payless too. So how was that? <laughs> Did you care about Payless? I know this is when, when you were very young, but no, um, no it's true. It's, Exactly. That's the thing. It, there were times that I did, but and it was actually very interesting because the manager, who I'm still actually friends with on Facebook, almost didn't hire me because I just graduated from college, and he was like, "She's overqualified." Even the, was, but was I? Um, because retail is is a different. You know, you can't poo poo retail. That's a that's a whole other set of skills. But you know, he thought I wasn't going to be there for long, and I was there probably like. I don't know, three, four months. I was there longer than he thought I was going to be. Um, and, you know, I was there during the summer and into the fall, the year I graduated from college. And, um, but uh, there were times where I was kind of like, oh, here, I watched a lot of Barney. Um, <laughs> if you were stocking, if you were stocking in the kids area, so this is like 93, they had, um, TV with like kids videos that would like play and it was a lot of Barney and a lot of Olsen twins oh my um, gosh <laughs> my brother's for sale they had the song my brother's for sale only 50 cents oh boy I'll never get that song so out of my head all of, like the time you spent watching Barney in the Payless kids section has affected the TYA work that you do Absolutely. And what's so funny is that, and then it sort of goes for a circle into being a mom, is my kid, um, you know, watch a lot of like YouTube videos. Do you know Blippi? Do you know that guy, Blippi? No, I don't know Blippi. So Blippi is this? It's a lot of Oh, okay. It. So Blippi is this dude. It's B-L-I-P-P-I. And he does these videos on on YouTube, and plus he does like concerts and stuff, but he does all these um, uh, uh, videos about, and songs about like, you know, going to the fire, you know, fire truck and going to the farm and whatever and yada yada. But I did research, and this is before I started my company, I d- d- looked up this guy who's this character, Blippi, and he was, he had some acting stuff too, but he was also into marketing, and he thought, he put so much thought into what his product was going to be. Like he looked up like what were colors and he's doing his costume. What are colors that catch kids eye and what are combinations of letters that stick in kids brains like that. So that double P sound. Um, and he did all this research and he is rich and <laughs> it's doing really well. And he was really, it's, you know, talked about like watching these things and being influenced I think I looked them up because I was semi-annoyed of, you know, the things you have to watch, you know, over and over and over again when you're working in the kids section or your nanny or you have kids or babysitter or whatever. And he was really an, an inspiration for me to see what I could do on my own because. Um, I was like, hey, you're somebody who found this market and made it work, and, but put the work into it. He didn't just, you know, fall into it. He really worked at it. Um, but definitely, again, seeing these little kids and seeing how this stuff stuck in my brain at the Payless while I was stocking children's shoes, um, you see what a market there is but an attraction that there is for, for kids entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. And oh my good gosh. Ind- 
So funny. Again, like you were saying at the beginning, like everything, everything led to what you're doing now. Right. Exactly. Even in ways, and that's so funny. I hadn't even thought about that much about Payless. Um, but yeah, but again, in just listening, you know, just listening to people and they were, I speak some Spanish, but I'm not fully fluent and it really sort of just helped me just like learn about people who weren't me and people who would buy all these, they come in, you know, right before closing, but buy all these pairs of shoes because they were going back to Guatemala or, you know, and, and we're taking, you know, stuff back home. Right. Um, and, you know, just, again, just experiences and things that I had never thought about, even though I lived, I don't know the story, but we lived in Saudi Arabia, um, uh, half of sixth grade and all of seventh in the early 80s. My dad was a consultant for the uh, bus company or contractor um, and a consultant. And so I've lived other places. Um, and that's a whole other uh, story, but... Um, uh, again, every experience is something to learn from, even if you're not like tracking it then. Right. It'll come back. Uh, oh my gosh. Exactly. So, yep. Oh, life. It's amazing. Oh, life's <laughs> um, truly. Do you think that theater should be universally accessible life curriculum? Yes. <laughs> Why? Because when you see, I think both as an audience member and as a participant, once you, especially it will go back to being an audience member, when you see these things in front of you and it hits you in all of your senses, um, you learn things, just like we were talking about, things that are presented to kids when they're young. As adults, there are things that make us think that we never would have thought about if we hadn't seen it and had that opportunity to, you know, quoting Hamilton, to be in the room where it happens, you know, to be there um, as it's going. I remember um, the first Broadway show that I ever saw on Broadway, and I haven't seen a lot actually on Broadway. I've seen a lot of touring shows, but was Jersey Boys, um, 2006. And I remember people being like, oh, you know, isn't that just a jukebox musical? I'm like, no, it's so much more than that. And there's so many things that, that, and, you know, and themes and things that run through it, but that, I mean, it could have been any, and that could have been anything, but being there and listening to it, it's like when I used to do dinner theater and kids would come, you know, and some of the media like throwing salt on the stage to try to trip us up. I don't know the story, but, um, but, but the fact that you were like a mini celebrity, by the time the show was over, because they saw you up there doing it, yeah. and it, it 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 just it teaches so much in terms of like what what's the what's the topic of what is they're talking about your experience and accepting it in different ways. You might not if people were just you know telling it to you or you're reading in a book or you're seeing a status on Facebook. You're getting to see people work. If you get into it, you see, you may not think about the hard work that goes into what folks are doing. There's just so many just levels of what, you know, what commitment looks like, what, what training looks like. Um, it's a, there's so many lessons that can come out of being a part of theater, 
mm-hmm. as an audience and, and then being a part of it. There's a show that I watch. I watch a lot of hospital dramas. Uh, New Amsterdam, do you know that show? I do know that show. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of it, but I know of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, there's episode from whenever, it, I just watched it today, but whenever it was earlier in the week, where um, the guy who's a psychiatrist uh, on staff did theater with a um, support group for for veterans. Mm -hmm. And people were able to connect to things. He did it as a therapy tool. They were able to connect to things that they – as practitioners of it that that had happened to them that they weren't able to other ways and – were able to connect to them for themselves. They even revealed to other people. There was a doctor on the show who it turns out had is from India and had been in the Indian infantry and no one knew about it because he didn't talk about it, but he was able to, he wanted to be a part of this. So yeah, the answer to that is yes. (laughs) It encompasses encompasses so much on so many levels. Yeah. I'm doing um, a, a teaching artist residency right now with Playwrights Project out here in San Diego. And um, my placement is at a high school. Um, and just today, both the one of the teachers that I'm working with and her um, her like teacher's assistant or assistant teacher, I'm not sure exactly what her title is, but they both were like, oh my gosh, we um, they had done a trip. Uh, they took a field trip yesterday. And they're like, we learned so much more about, you know, our kids on this field trip. Cause you know, we're sitting on the bus and they're just telling us about their lives. And now all of a sudden, like we're hearing the scenes that they're writing and the monologues that they're writing. And we're seeing how much of their own personal experience is going into what they're writing about. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> like, that's why yes. I'm here. <laughs> but it was so funny because for Absolutely. them, it's like this, like, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I'm like, well, what else, like what, what else would happen <laughs> when, when we're doing this, you know? Exactly. And it, but I think, again, people don't consider themselves theater people or, or, or I think there are things that are theater that when I talk about things being theater, there are things that we don't acknowledge as, as being as valuable as other things, but it's all, you know, it's all an experience, you know, your kid going to, to Chuck E. Cheese, we as a Chuck E. Cheese the other night, um, <laughs> and um, you know, it's not you didn't used to be my favorite place, but it's nicer now than it used to be. Uh, but anyway, went to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, and they have you know the Chuck E. Cheese show where they have these like animatronic things saying, and mm-hmm. um, but the reason they've been doing that for twenty five years is because kids like it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's something about being there when these things come to life. Even if it's something that people who may be me, um, you know, turn up their noses at, um, you know, it's still a thing and, you know, and, and way to go animatronic person who designed those things and wrote the songs because you got to check and you're getting to do your work and and kids are loving it. Absolutely. Joy to the world. What else matters? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Well, some things, but mostly joy. If we focus on that, I think we get gets us in a lot of places. Um, speaking of which, all right, so now is your chance to plant a seed in the hearts, minds, spirits, or all three of the people who are listening today. Go 
be kind to yourselves and to other people mm-hmm. and let those words kind of marinate. I love the idea of planting in your brain. Um, there's, there's that, what's that thing that there are things that people are going through that we don't know mm-hmm. and you may not need to know everybody's situations, but kindness is never wasted. Mm-hmm. Never. I love that. Kindness is never, I'm writing that down. Kindness is never wasted. So good. Nope. All right. Well, Lynn Childress, um, that brings right. us to, that was the last question. So if someone is interested in learning more about what you do, maybe hiring your company, booking a show, right. um, best way for them to contact you or get in touch with you. So our website is BBP productions.com stands for building better people productions.com. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, I update our Facebook page probably the most mm-hmm. of anything. Um, you can also, I'm, I'm Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, at bbpproductions.com. If you find me on Facebook, I'm Lynn Streeter Childress, and uh, people can message me and say, hey, I heard of you. If anyone wants to do any of our shows as well, our shows are also available for other TA companies to tour and produce. I would love that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and your energy and for sharing so openly about your experiences um, and for the work that you're doing to bring theater into the lives of the youth um, up there in the youth. I know. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I love it too. I love it too. Thank you so much, Emily. It's been great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too, Lynn. Have a beautiful day. Well, that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, leave a rating, and tell your friends about this podcast so that they can subscribe too. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can do that at FYL Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at Find Your Light Podcast on Facebook. You can email suggestions or nominations at any time to podcast at emilystamets.com. That's all for today. Until next time, stand confidently center stage and enjoy your show. Find your light.